Good day. Happy Monday, Monday, day after Thanksgiving day, whatever it is. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. I hope it was lovely. I hope it was restful. I hope it was no uh, fights with relatives about the bullshit that everybody fights about all the time. And I hope it was uh, just nice and fun and nice. Our Thanksgiving was quite nice. Nice. Yeah, we, we I don't even remember at this point. It's already been several days, so I've it's it's a year ago as far as I'm concerned. Uh we hung out and well we watched the parade. The parade it was nice to just see the parade back to being the parade. Last year they had the parade, but it was a it was a cut down version, it was a minimized version. They didn't have the people. You had the floats, if I remember right. Last year, it looked like the parade to a certain extent. You know, you had some of the all the parade elements, but there was no crowd. There was nobody watching. So it was kind of a it was like the saddest parade ever because you do you do typically need to have an audience for a parade. Otherwise, is it really like what's the parade at all? What is it for? Who are we parading in front of? Nobody. So it's good to see it back. Good to see Al Roker getting on the the Roker cycle, or whatever he calls it, uh, putting on that helmet that's about fifteen sizes too big for his head. Uh, just looking, looking like only Al Roker can look. I love that guy. So that was fun. I had a I had a little Facebook back and forth because somewhere in the last week, I don't remember where, I don't remember who, I don't remember what. There was some question was posed somewhere to somebody i it was maybe just some facebook group i don't know and somebody asked do you watch the parade on nbc or cbs i said what the fuck are you talking about cbs what parade is on cbs why would anybody be watching a parade on cbs and then i realized i turned to cbs on thursday morning when the parade was on and cbs CBS also televises the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade? When? How long has this been going on? And who was watching CBS for the parade? You turn over, I mean, my God, you flip over to NBC. There's Al Roker with the big helmet on. He's smiling. He's joking. He's laughing. That guy, man, maybe I already talked about this on Thursday. It's quite possible that I did. I guess I did. Maybe I did talk about this already. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I did record a podcast and post it on Thursday. Whatever. But the guy is it's happy. He's only, if if he's if he hates his job and if he is the, not like that at all in real life, man, he's got us all fooled. Same with Hoda. Two of the folksiest motherfuckers you could ever hope to see. They're perfect. Who wouldn't want those guys hosting an early morning show to get anybody up at that hour? Is hard enough to get somebody up and have them be so perky and bubbly and happy. And then to make them have to do it on a day where most people would have the day off and get to sleep in maybe and just relax. And they even on the holiday, they have to get up and they have to host maybe even longer than they would normally do. Because don't they? I think they get up and they do the fucking Today Show. And then they jump, okay, well, time for the parade. And it's like, oh, my God, it's, it's so much. It's just – but then also when you think about it, it's like really <laughs> – you know, you can compare that to a lot of other jobs, and I'll take I'll take Al Roker and Hoda Kotb's job any day of the week. You got to get up super duper early every day, but I'm okay with that. If I'm, uh, you know, I'm out of there by eleven, 
or on Thanksgiving, you're out of there by noon, and then you got the rest of the day. That's, that's not so bad. There's a lot of people who get up as early as those guys, and they, they work until the way, way past 11, I'll tell you that much. Uh, it's no, it's not an easy job. I don't, I wouldn't, you know, but I guess there are worse jobs is what I'm trying to say. But man, uh, yeah, you flip over to CBS and it's like, what is this? It's just depressing. It's, uh, it's, it's just like in a dark theater and they're doing plays or something. I, I don't know. Like, well, the parade is actually happening. What are we doing over here on CBS? So I, th- I just like, who is... Who is sitting there watching this parade on CBS? I feel so bad. And then for like, for a parent or a grandparent to put that that parade on, and then imagine you're just a little kid and you don't even know that over on NBC they're actually showing the parade. There's the Sesame Street float, and there's the Paw Patrol, and there's uh, SpongeBob, and there's Baby Yoda, and there's Papa Smurf. And no, there's Santa Claus, all these, all the things, you know, and the singing and the dancing and all the fun stuff. And then you go to CBS, and it's like, uh, we're going to do, now we take you to a dark theater for an eight-minute monologue from a play you've never heard of. And like some kid, there's kids sitting there who, my kids enjoy the watching the parade. I mean, who doesn't, you know, it's a great, it's a Thanksgiving Day parade. It's Macy's Thanksgiving parade. You get up and you watch it, you, you know, getting ready for Thanksgiving. The kitchens, the whole place is smelling great. It smells like Thanksgiving. I know I shit on the Thanksgiving meal, but I'll be goddamn if that doesn't smell fucking unbelievable. All the shit that I don't really want to eat smells amazing. It really does. Even stuffing smell. I mean, you got sausage and things in there. It does smell good. It does smell quite good. My wife puts apples in. It all sounds like I I want to like it and I try to like it. And every year I take a little spoonful and I eat it and I say, no, sorry. And, uh, but man, it's, you know, turkey roasting in the, in a crock pot. I mean, it's just the four of us. So we don't have a huge, we don't need the oven for the turkey. We need the crock pot. It's just fine. We have a big crock pot. So the turkey in that baby. And, uh, yeah. And then we just, uh, we, we hang out. But I can. There's some kids sitting there every year on Thanksgiving, and they have no idea that there's a much better show covering the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Instead, they're sitting there watching that CBS crap. Oh, it makes me sad. It's just so sad. I. But I'd love to know who is watching this. Who is who is sitting there saying, "Oh yeah, whoa whoa, hold on guys, let's let's cut away." I know they're showing the floats. And the performances, and they've got the cameras, and everybody's set up right outside of Macy's. They're right on 34th Street in the shadow of the Empire State Building. This is this is the parade. This is New York. This is this is the whole thing here. Now let's let's let's. I don't want to watch this. Let's flip over to CBS and see what uh, see what obscure musical is being performed in the dark theater, and occasionally cutting back, and then it cuts back to the people at the parade on the parade route. But they're, I don't know where they're located. There's absolutely nothing going on in the background. There's no excitement. The energy level of these hosts is non-existent. It's like, what? I think this is what just like, I think they put this on at the at the old folks' home where most of the people sitting in the parlor where they have the, the communal TV, uh, most of those guys are just, you know, they're they're half out of it or fully out of it. 
where they're just waiting for their family to come pick them up or what have you. They don't give it. They don't know what's up. Then that's why I'm at, I can't imagine anybody under the age of 95 is watching the CBS parade. And if so, shame on you. <laughs> so uh, what else do we do? I Oh, I did run an errand Thanksgiving morning. I think I alluded to that in the last podcast. I was so happy to find that uh, Nature's Remedies, Nature's Remedy, it was open on Thanksgiving Day. I, I wanted to indulge Wednesday night because that's like a nice, hey, work's done. It's always funny how the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, I, I think in, in our minds, it somehow gets built up that it's like this huge, huge weekend. It's just a four-day weekend. For me, it's not even that. For me, it's just Thursday. It's just one day off on Thursday. We just had that a couple weeks ago on Veterans Day. Nobody made a. I mean, you know, that's great. It's nice. All right, I had the day, and I worked on that whole Veterans Day. Anyways, I sat, I sat at the computer and did a bunch of work, and then, you know, it was nice because it was technically a day off. So I did take a a mid afternoon nap and ran to McDonald's to get the kids food or something like that, and, and that was about it. Uh, so it's like, you know, Wednesday, but there's something very there's something special about that Wednesday. I, that I just I love Thanksgiving Eve. I love I love eaves of things. You know, there's so much more oftentimes to the anticipation and the buildup of something than to the actual thing itself. And that's why I love Christmas Eve is my favorite. I love Christmas morning. It's great to get up, see what Santa Claus brought. Well, not anymore this year. We're gonna just see what what mom and dad brought because that. That whole thing has come to an end, as I've mentioned many times here on the Birthday Boy podcast. Uh, but, but yeah, we we you know it's fun Christmas morning, watch Christmas specials, listen to Christmas music, have a nice Christmas day, the family and all that stuff. But there's some there's some sadness to it. Uh, for me, I feel like you know, especially I mean, Christmas I guess is on a Saturday this year, so that's nice. So the day after Christmas, no matter what, is going to be a day off. So that's cool. I'm happy about that. But usually, you know, if Christmas is on like a Tuesday, then it just means like, all right, Christmas is over and uh, back to work tomorrow. (laughs) Because as a contractor, I do not take a ton of time off. And really, even as a full-time employee, I very rarely took the week of Christmas off. Once or twice, maybe three times it happened. Uh, is it was very rare that I that I took off the whole week of Christmas because everybody has that week off. So it's like, well, why waste vacation time or why take a day off and not get paid when you can, you know, show up for work, use that time to you can catch up on things, you can do stuff and not be distracted. There's typically no meetings, no nothing going on, just you know, just whatever, and. Uh, and, you know, that's okay. But I love Christmas Eve because Christmas Eve, I say, oh, it's this is the anticipation, the buildup. Santa's coming tonight. What's Santa going to leave me tomorrow? What is it all going to look like? What's, what's to come? It's such a mis- It's just like Friday night is so exciting. What's ahead of me? What lies ahead in this magical two-day vacation that I get every week? What, what will come of this, uh, of these next 48 hours? And and then usually not much, just like I get up on Saturday and I I don't know what to do. I watch, I'll catch up on some wrestling from this week, maybe play some video games. Well, I'll eat some breakfast, so maybe I'll take a nap later. You know, 
there's <laughs> there's an excitement that kind of fizzles out quickly. <laughs> At least for me on most weekends where it's like, oh yeah, right. I forgot. I'm not doing anything this weekend. And uh but Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve are different because I know there's there's stuff going on. That's the other thing too. It's like, hey, even though it's just the four of us, we're gonna it's gonna be something special. It's something different than a normal day. This is unlike any other Thursday throughout the year. We're gonna watch a parade in the morning. We're gonna watch movies. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna watch football. We're gonna eat food that we don't normally eat, and it's great. But I do love that Wednesday night, that night, the Thanksgiving Eve. Unfortunately, the last two Thanksgiving Eves, last year, I spent my Thanksgiving Eve, I left work, or I finished work and logged off probably around 5 or 6 o'clock, and then I got in my car and drove somewhere, I don't even remember where, it was some Target, at least an hour, I think it was closer to 90 minutes, I think it was a 90 minute drive to this Target that had this one thing that one of my kids so desperately wanted, it was impossible to find it. Here, there, anywhere, online. You just couldn't find this thing. And then my wife found one at this Target in the middle of wherever. I still don't know where it was. Nice area. It was out, out by the coast, I think. Uh, somewhere coastal-ish, New Hampshire-ish. Uh, that area. And, I, yeah, I drove out there. I drove. I listened to radio, podcasts, uh, probably Howard Stern. I don't even know what I listened to. Music. Picked up the toy. Then went to the Target locally to get the other one, another a different one from the same line of toys that the other child wanted that was impossible to find anywhere, but luckily they had it here in town. And by the time that was all over, I think it was, yeah, geez, probably 10, between 10 and 11 o'clock. It was, you know, that was it. That was Thanksgiving Eve last year. It was different, but, you know, it's kind of kind of sad, lonely just me driving. Uh, but then this year was kind of similar because there were some things and some errands that needed to be uh, taken care of on Wednesday night. So I finished up work and I feel like I finished kind of late, uh, not super late, but six, seven o'clock. Had a quick bite. To, oh, yeah, we we got Pizza Hut. Everybody wanted Pizza Hut. <laughs> I never want Pizza Hut, but OK, we'll get some Pizza Hut. And uh, so we got Pizza Hut. I went and picked up Pizza Hut, but then I realized that we didn't have, there were some things that we needed, so I went, I don't even remember where the hell I went. I went to BJ's or something, and then I went to uh, I went to Market Basket because we didn't have ice cream for the pie, and then it, there were all these, and then I got home and I said, hey, we have some, uh, <clears throat> some uh, chocolates, we have some <clears throat> taffy, and uh, no, we did not. They were all gone. <laughs> And I was very disappointed, <laughs> childishly disappointed. Probably could have, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get up and you know flip the table or anything like that. But I was, it was one of those like, oh, are you serious? We don't, we have nothing left. No, I was gonna tell you, I forgot. I'm like, ah, and it's not anybody's fault. Like, I haven't, I haven't partaken, partook, partooked. I have not partooked in. Uh, <laughs> In that activity since Columbus Day weekend, when we last went camping, it's been almost two months. So nobody's going to think, like, this is what I want to do. But we got to Wednesday night, and that's that's really what I wanted to do. And then we didn't. So it was a little disappointing. But before I went to bed, 
I check to make sure that nature's remedy, hey, when are they open? Oh, they're open on Thanksgiving Day from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. What a nice treat. And so I placed an order for a little coconut almond chocolate bar. And I selected my window of 10 a.m. to 10.30. And by 10.30, I was walking out of Nature's Remedy with a delicious chocolate bar, a.k.a. one of them one of them moon helicopters, if you know what I mean. Helicopter to the moon. Uh, the other thing that I did, I went to Shaw's on Thanksgiving Day uh, to get – the wife just needed extra virgin olive oil. So I went and picked some up. And then, of course, I went and picked up a, another pie. As if we didn't have enough pies, I said, ooh, pies are only $5 today. I got to get a pie. Picked up a pie, a pecan pie. We already had one from BJ's, mind you. And I was going to make one. I always make a pecan pie every Thanksgiving. And I didn't do it this year. I was going – I bought these pies and I called them backup pies. I got a, uh, a delicious apple crumble pie from Brookdale Fruit Farm. They make the greatest pies. They make the best – Goddamn pies you've ever... T- oh, they're so good. They're not cheap, but they're so good. I mean, they're, they're pie stand, uh, you know, they're farm priced, right? You're not going to get a $5 pie at a farm. Uh, but at BJ's and Shaw's and Market Basket, you're definitely going to get a $5 pie. So I got some of those as a backup to the apple pie. Okay, we have the apple pie from Brookdale Farm. That's the nice pie. Got a pecan pie from BJ's for $6. That's twice the size of the of the $18 pie from the farm. And uh, and then I was at Shaw's on Thanksgiving Day, and I just to get extra virgin EVOO, and there was a $5 pecan pie. Well, I should, I should get this as a backup to the backup to the backup, and I'll still make my pie later today, so that's fun. And, uh, <laughs> and... Um, and by the way, those pies are, there's a little bit of the BJ's pecan pie left. There's maybe, I'm looking at a quarter, uh, close to a half. I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere in between a, somewhere in between a third. Yeah, it's probably, eh, let's call it a third. Yeah, it's about a third, give or take. Somewhere between a third and a half. In, in any event, uh... Picked up the pie at at Shaw's and also purchased a bottle of wine. And it had been three years. December of 2018 is the last time I had even a sip of alcohol. With the exception of Thanksgiving 2019 at my aunt and uncle's house, I had a thimble full of uh, pistachio schnapps or something like that. Some pistachio liqueur because, wow, I love pistachio. And I downed this little thimble full and I said, okay, that's disgusting. That doesn't taste like pistachio. It just tastes like hot fire in my lungs. <laughs> my lungs? My lungs are on fire. I feel like a fire-breathing pistachio boy after having that. Uh, so it's so there has not been any real alcohol consumption by me in a long time. But I said, so, well, get this bottle of wine. That'd be nice. Sitting around the Thanksgiving table, have a little wine with dinner. And we did. We each had a glass of wine. And I tasted it. And I said, wow, this sucks. <laughs> but that's the thing about wine. It's, none of it's really all that tasty. You just kind of you develop a taste for it. Just like any of that liquor. And none of it's really that good. You just, 
you develop a taste for it. You think it tastes good because it probably does. They make different things, and by comparison to shittier versions of that, it does taste good. This wine was not very good, and uh, I had probably the equivalent of a glass and a half, maybe two glasses. Because I got, you know, it got to the point where like, okay, now my mouth is coated with wine, so I can't really taste how bad this wine actually is. So I'll have another little sip and another little sip. And then and then I said, you know what, this sucks. I'm done. <laughs> I don't want any more wine. So now we have this uh, half bottle of wine that's probably just going to sit there. Sit there forever. <laughs> uh, and then Thursday, yeah, so we had our nice Thanksgiving dinner. The, Kimmy did a great job. On all of the, all of it, everything she did it all. And Kaylin, that my youngest, helped uh, with some of the some of the food, and it was all very delicious, very nice, very tasty. Uh, and and we had pie, and we watched planes, trains, and automobiles, and it was great. It was a great day. It was nice. Friday was a work day, so I worked, and it ended up being like <laughs> I had one meeting on Friday, which I really thought was going to be canceled, but it wasn't. And it was just the two of us and, you know, talking about here's what we're, you know, for the next week or so, here's what we're going to do. And I'm the kind of person that like, okay, that's, you're adding more to my plate. I need to, now I need to get it done now, even though we haven't set a timeline. It could be a week. It could be two weeks to work on this stuff, but now I need to get it done now. So I worked until like probably eight o'clock on Friday, which sucked. But then I had some of that delicious chocolate uh, Friday. No, I didn't. No, that's not true. I still I didn't have it Thursday. I didn't have it Friday. It was actually Saturday. Saturday was when I had that chocolate, and uh, yeah, got me, got me, you know, flying to the moon in a helicopter for a little while, and then and then just and then the normal shit, which is the reason why I can't do this stuff, is that I just, uh, you know, switched off to to autopilot and just stood in the kitchen. And of course, two days after Thanksgiving is a terrible time to have chocolate because then you're, then my, I get so hungry and I can't control it. And then there's pies available and there's cheese and crackers and there's chips and hell of a good day. There's just too much stuff. And so I'm sitting there stuffing myself. And uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's, that's Friday, I guess. Or that's Saturday. And then yesterday, yesterday was just yesterday started off sunday was nice saturday was nice too saturday was a pretty relaxing day i don't know i don't know that i left man if i left the house saturday i don't remember why and what i did i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i did not leave the house but i i I don't know i don't even remember don't even remember oh no yeah because but i tell you saturday was college football Holy moly, what a day, what a day of college football. That's what we did Saturday. That's what I did Saturday. I watched Ohio State, Michigan. Oh, my gosh, great win by Michigan over Ohio State. I watched Alabama and Auburn. What a heartbreaking win for Alabama. Oh, I just want to see. I, I get it when the rest of the world hates the Patriots because they have that one coach who's been there forever, who's better than all the other coaches, and no matter who's on the team, they're just going to be better. And once in a while, they have a season where they're not winning every game and winning all the championships. But other than that, they're just winning all the time, and it's infuriating. And that's, yeah, Nick Saban 
and I get that because I want Nick Saban and Alabama. I just want them to lose, but also because it's Alabama, and I just don't, you know, I want, uh, I don't know, I don't want anybody else to be, I, I don't care who it is, I just want Alabama to lose, even if it's another team in Alabama <laughs> named Auburn, <laughs> I don't care, I just want them to lose, and they didn't, but it was, God, four overtimes, weird overtime rules. Uh, is this the first year that they changed this? It's like they had a good thing in place. Just play until there's a winner. That's it. We'll go to overtime. Person scores a touchdown. Okay, and then the other team, they score a touchdown, then we go into another overtime. And we just keep doing that. We just keep playing football. Now it's like the first overtime is is kind of like that. And then they do like, it's just two-point convert. They just line up at the goal line, and they just do two-point conversion attempts. And it made it, I mean, it's fun. It is fun. And maybe maybe that should be the rule if they get to, like, you know, I, I don't know, the fifth overtime, maybe. But it's it's so quick that they, they turn over to this. It's like a shootout in hockey, which I don't, I don't hate the shootout either, but I think, I feel like people would rather just watch a bunch of overtime hockey. Wouldn't that be way more exciting? Like overtime football. The NFL doesn't know how to do overtime. They have the, the consistently just terrible overtime rules. They'll occasionally make slight improvements, but it still sucks. College football seemed to just have it figured out. Like, okay, let's not overthink this. Let's just keep playing football until there's a winner. We turn off the clock uh, because we're just going to – We're it is like a shootout in a sense, but we're going to play uh, – we're going to just play more football. But now it's this goal line stuff and yeah. – could be a lot worse at least there's a winner there's no ties unlike the nfl which is just you want to bang your head on the table like how do they allow ties in the national football league so anyway uh yeah saturday was just great man uh yeah oklahoma games i mean there's just so many so many good close games a lot of a lot of action a lot of excitement we played. Uh, we sat at the table and had a little family game afternoon. Played some the office trivia game that I got for my oldest for their birthday back in October. Finally broke that baby out and played office trivia. Old Johnny Boy won. We played the first to to fifteen fifteen points. The correct answer gets you a point. So we played first to fifteen. It was close. The wife was only a point behind. Uh, actually, everybody was pretty close. And, uh, but old daddy picked up the win. Uh, oh, we, oh, we watched, we spent a good amount of time Friday evening or sometime over the weekend. I don't remember. We watched the Beatles thing that's on Disney. Well, we watched the first part of it. <laughs> I turned around, I'm like, God damn it. This movie's a two and a half hours long. And it's like, oh my God, there's two other pieces. The other one's almost three hours, and then the other one's two and a half. This is like, who the hell has time for all these? So we got through the first one. Love it. I, I love any of this. I mean, I love the Beatles. The Beatles are a funny band because some of my favorite songs are Beatles songs, and then some of the songs that I absolutely despise are also Beatles songs, and uh, which is fascinating. Like some of my favorite Beatles songs are by Paul McCartney. And some of the songs that I absolutely hate are by Paul McCartney. Um, but uh, I loved, uh, you know, I, there's just so many, there's so many songs that I love. And there's a lot of, a lot of their songs that I don't particularly love. 
but watching them, watching them interact, just being a, a fly on the wall, really, almost quite literally. You know, when people say, God, can you imagine being a fly on the wall when the Beatles were recording their, you know, any of their albums, what those conversations must have been like, what the process must be like, all this stuff. Now we get to be a fly on the wall and watch watch the whole process and watch George walk out on the band and watch, you know, Paul just be a fucking control freak, my way or the highway, you know, asshole to everybody, really to everybody, and but particularly poor George, old Georgie boy. And what's interesting, they, they set the table right in the first couple of minutes. They do a quick, you know, it's like an eight-minute <laughs> history of the Beatles, like the entire, you know, what other people would do a documentary on that would be two hours long. Peter Jackson spends the first ten minutes just like, okay, here's how they formed, here's how they got together, and they the quarrymen, and, you know, it, it's kind of one of those, look, if you're watching this, you probably already know this shit, but if you're not, if you're new to it, we'll give you a quick rundown anyways. And it's great. And one of the things that I either didn't know or never really was fully aware of was just how young they were when they first got together. And it's, you know, Paul's 16 and John's 15. And so they're about the same age. Paul and John are about the same age. And then there's George, who's 13. He's a, he's, you know, that's not a big difference. You know, if you're in your 40s, three years is, who cares? 30s and up, 20s and up, really, even. Three years age difference is meaningless. Who cares? But when you're a kid, I mean, you know, think about the difference between a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. And there's a big difference between a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old. And so my guess would be that they brought George in. George was a kid. And probably from the get-go, John and Paul treated George like a kid brother. And probably shat on a number of his ideas <laughs> throughout the entirety in, of the Beatles' uh, time together. Uh, but you're really seeing it in this movie where anything that George does either gets, you know, either Paul just sort of shuts it down or he just kind of gives a look like, mm, mm-hmm, 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 okay. You know, George is like, okay, guys, here's my song, but singing a song. And it's pretty good. And George is just like, yeah, okay. Anyway, here's my song. Let's spend the next 30 minutes doing this. And that's a good case scenario. The worst case scenario is George presents something and Paul just starts fucking, you know. Well, you do it that way, George. You know, you know, George, it's not that good, George. Dude, better, George. Here's how I would have done it, George. Oh, that's right, George. You're not as good as Paul and me, George. What's wrong, little Georgie boy? You're gonna cry, Georgie. Okay, okay, that may, might not happen, but, but, <coughs> excuse me. But it's really like you feel for the guy, and he's just kind of almost cowering there. He's not really making, you know, he's not really uh, advocating for himself as well as you'd like to, but also it has to be tough because when you have that dynamic that exists, for you know a a decade over a decade decade and a half prior to you know these guys are what is it 1969 so they're right around 30 so they've been together for a long time together for 15 years at this point and george is probably just you know used to this kind of treatment where paul and john are the bosses and he's you know he's the little kid 
And it really, it really comes out in that documentary. And then of course, George, you know, he quits the band and yeah, I mean, and that's, that's usually what happens when somebody's so frustrated, they try to, they try to speak their mind. They try to make their case, try to, try to be heard. They get shot down all the time and just hand in the face by usually by Paul, but and yeah, I mean, John, John's just kind of there. Like he's, he's like, hey, I'm John. I'm gonna write the songs, and he, you know, and he and Paul have written all these songs already. Some of them they might have written years ago prior to this, but they're like, oh, no, we've got all the songs. We just need to, we need to make them into a song. We've got the words, we've got the lyrics, we've got a pretty good, you know, outline here, a pretty good exoskeleton. We just need to put it together, make it a fully formed being. And and George is contributing to that, and he's got like he's got good songs. And my my guess is that kind of watching Paul's reaction, I think there's a difference. That when Paul when Paul genuinely doesn't like something that George has presented to the group, I feel like that's when Paul will be very vocal and very critical. So this is how you should do it, George. You know. You do it this way, George. I'd rather do. What if we did this, George? Hey, George. And uh, versus, if George, when I feel like when George brings something that Paul actually sees as very good, that's when Paul says nothing. He's just kind of silent, just kind of nods and okay, yeah, okay. And uh, and I think so. I think there's two things. I think one is that Paul. Uh, you know, obviously, big big ego, <laughs> and uh, and he's kind of like you know we've got all our songs, these are good, and either either his concern is that George is going to bring what Paul considers to be a piece of crap to the album, or I think the bigger fear is George potentially is bringing the big hit of the album to these recording sessions, and I don't think I think worse than having a, a stinker on the album. Because think about it, okay, you've got, let's say you've got 10 songs and two of them absolutely suck and the rest of them are just brilliant and they're commercial hits and it's big money and it's everybody's favorite songs. Okay, so we got two stinkers and then the rest are fucking gold. Great. I'm guessing that Paul's biggest fear is not those two stinkers, but the notion that perhaps those two stinkers could have Paul McCartney next to them and then a bunch of those wondrous hits could have harrison next to him i think that's watching this to me that's paul's biggest fear even bigger than george bringing a turd to the session is that george is going to bring a gold nugget (laughs) and and that will be you know he'll be the one getting all the praise for writing these great songs i think to me that's what i see as as paul's uh biggest fear Ringo's just like, I mean, Ringo is exactly, this is exactly, I saw Mark Marin tweeting, like, this is exactly what he pictured it would be like. And it's so true. It's, ex- this is exactly knowing, and I'm not like some hardcore, like, Beatles guy who follows everything and knows, I don't even know, when they're, this, this recording session, I'm like, what's the, what's the album? What's the final? Is it Let It Be? Like, is that what they're recording right now? Like, I didn't even know. Even though I've listened to those albums, I just I don't know the chronology that well, and I don't know which song is on which album. 
And I really kind of have my favorite Beatles tunes. And I don't, I don't explore the rest of their work because, you know, a lot of it's not really that great, in my opinion. I don't love a lot of the Beatles songs. But the songs that are great are some of my favorites. And some of the songs on this album, uh, Let It Be, are some of the best. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. And, and Paul has great ones. John has great ones. George has great ones. And then Ringo on drums. And that's pretty much, that's what it is. It's like, <laughs> and then when everybody, you know, when George leaves the group and the next day it's like, oh, only one of the band members was on time for rehearsal and in walks Ringo. It's like, yeah, of course. Ringo's, you know, he's going to hang out there and, you know, play the drums when it's time. But otherwise it's really, it's the other, it's the other three lads uh, just playing the, playing the tunes, you know. And, uh, and so he's got he's got Ringo is exactly what I've pictured Ringo being during the sessions is just kind of hanging out until he's needed and then when he's needed he hops on the drums and he does his thing uh George is exactly what I pictured as trying to fight and you know here's my song here's what it sounds like and not getting the the response that he's hoping for or even the feedback, or even the level of interaction that he's probably hoping for, it's to just be treated like an adult first and foremost, which doesn't often happen. And then John is just like, yeah, I don't fucking, whatever, dude. I'm going to sit here, I wrote a bunch of songs, play the songs, I'm going to be kind of a smartass from time to time, wink and nod at the camera, quite literally. We've got Yoko over here. We're gonna get up and you know we're, we're gonna get up and have fun from time to time when everything else is going on. We'll be we'll just go we'll go and have a little dance. Yoko and I will go ballroom dancing in the middle of this sound stage when everybody else is having a fight. And then there's Paul who is just like eats, sleeps, drinks, breathes this whole thing. It's the it's the Paul show, and and rightfully so, quite frankly. To me, I've to me, I think Paul is the is the uh, is the brains behind the Beatles. And sorry, I, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who say John, a lot of people say uh, George. I I have never thought George, uh, John. I easily make the argument. I wouldn't argue against that. I just think Paul is the guy who got it the most and had his head screwed on straightest, and was really just like okay. Here's, you know, here's how you make a hit, boys. <laughs> Whether it's a song that I like or not. Uh, and there's some terrible fucking Beatles songs. And a lot of them have his name on them. But like I said, a lot of them have, a lot of the great ones have his name on it too. Uh, but uh, John's just kind of like, John just knows. He's like, eh, you know, Paul and I wrote these songs together. And, uh, and whatever, dude, just, you know, I'm here. I'm ready to go whenever you need it. And it's going to be, you know, everything that, that I'm going to do is going to be magic. And it is. And meanwhile, Paul is just like, yeah. Paul's just, he's he's kind of pulling it all together. That's that's my take on it. And yeah, of course he's got to be a dick in the process. They got two weeks to put this album together. That's a fucking, I, I just, it's, that's the other part that just baffles me. And I, one thing, and maybe it's revealed, I haven't watched part two and part three, but
But the thing that gets me is, and, and, you know, they show the whole process of Paul, like, working out the, he doesn't even have lyrics for Get Back, and he's strumming away, and he's, he's you know, he's figuring out the timing. He's figuring out what this thing is going to sound like, and what the, you know, the beats and the measures and all that shit, and he's kind of, he's getting it, he's getting the rhythm down, he's getting the timing down, and he's strumming the guitar. And he's like, and, and then all of a sudden, it's just like springs forth, there's that song. And, uh, but then they have all the other songs, you know, they have Across the Universe, and they have, there's just all these classic songs, and they're just, and I'm, I'm like, how... I want to, I want to know more did they come prepared with these songs already written were these songs already kind of you know was a lot of this album sort of fleshed out or is this just are we really truly watching the pro- I know for get back we're watching this song come to life before our eyes which is fascinating it's so fascinating and uh but for the for the rest of the album is that was that also the case? Did they just kind of come with, you know, some basic notes, a few lyrics? How, you know, how developed were these songs before they got to the, all of the songs? And anyway, uh, but it's just, it's so great. And it's so obvious that Yoko Ono had nothing to do with breaking up the band. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't have been really annoyed if he showed up and she's just sitting there, and, you know, she's just kind of whatever. She's eating lunch and she's just sort of hanging out. And um, it, it's not like she's sitting there giving all this feedback and trying to trying to McCartney the whole the whole group. She's just kind of she's just kind of there. Um, but for me, I wonder and I don't know if I were a musician, if I were in that band and we've got a two week timeline. We're coming into the studio on January 2nd after the holidays and we've got major pressure. We've got a couple weeks to put this whole thing together. All of it. I mean, that's insane. And and maybe they're maybe they're not really super concerned about that because probably in the back of their mind, for me, I think of it as me, as just like some guy who can be replaced. Maybe for those guys, they're sitting there and like, yeah, we got two weeks, but I mean, let's be honest, fellas. We're the fucking Beatles. We can do whatever we want. So maybe they're not super duper worried. I don't know. And I don't and, and the other thing I don't know is that like when they're just playing these other you know, playing Chuck Berry songs or playing Elvis songs or just kinda just kinda dicking around and playing tunes. Um what I what I'm curious about is is that how all the sessions go when they're when they're trying to do so like to me that's just like okay, they're procrastinating. They're playing other songs, just you know, having a laugh. To me, it's like, all right, they're dicking around, and I'd be like, all right, guys, let's can we focus on our the shit that we're gonna do here for our for our songs? These guys, yeah, great. Chuck Berry made a bunch of money off of those songs. Can we do our songs now so we can get this record out the door and record this thing and get it going? Um, that would be me. But maybe that's just how it is, and I'm you know maybe that's how all bands are. They just hey, we're gonna record our new record, our new album, and maybe part of that is. I know there's got to be a certain amount of just like jamming out, dude. You know, just fucking whatever. Just just riffing, man. Just riffing. I, I get that. I That's for anything. Like I have a process before I can get started on certain things. 
And maybe my process is to spend an hour talking into my phone <laughs> to start off the day. Then that gives me the energy that I need to sit down and fucking hammer out a bunch of a bunch of work. Uh, so I get that. But also it just seems like there's so much of them playing songs that are not Beatles songs or are not going on that album or are like older songs or whatever. And uh, so I'm just curious, like, was that just them kind of like, hey, lads, we should be a... Uh... We should be focusing on the tunes for the new record. Yeah. Uh, and then just like, uh, let's play some Chuck Berry. And my 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 Beatles <laughs> impersonations are getting worse. Peace and love. Come on, lads. We've got to record the record. Why don't you record the record, Ringo? You're so smart. The only one I can't do is George. I don't even... You listen to him talk... And I still don't know what he sounds like. Hey, me, George, we write the song. I think that's, that's mean. But it was 20 years ago. I think it was November 29th, and it's 20 years ago today that uh, that George died. Cancer? Fucking guy. You're watching this Beatles documentary, too, and not once, at least that I can recall in part one, that I see George... Do anything that even re- that even resembled smoking, and there's like Paul's got fucking these guys have like cigars, they have cigarettes. I'm sure there's, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, you know other things, but uh, <laughs> and then George is the guy who fucking dies of of lung cancer. But who knows? I'm sure he I'm sure he was smoking plenty. Uh, anyway, it's just great. I can't wait to watch part two, even though. I haven't watched it because I'm like, I want to commit to part two to be able to sit and watch it in one shot. And that's not not easy to come by. So maybe we watch a little bit of it uh, today and tomorrow. And I don't know. But it's great. It's so much fun. It's just it's just wonderful to, to see it. And the visuals are great, too. Just how they set this thing up. You know, obviously they were deliberately recording and it. it was known that they're going to record this for some kind of documentary, some kind of feature. And so they have, you know, the the nice lighting uh, in the background and stuff. I mean, it's really, it's really extraordinary. It's just, you know, and how to have a treasure like this unearthed and put together and presented, uh, it's just like, you don't get that for these old bands. I would kill, I would love to find out that there's something like this for maybe Frank Sinatra, even Dean Martin. There's little clips here and there that you can hear on some stuff of Dean Martin just, you know, being a cut up in the in the recording studio and things like that. But I would love those are guys I would love to see. I'd love to see some of these other bands. I would love to see, I kind of would be interested to see the Doors. I feel like it wouldn't be as exciting as we would think it is. I think there I think those guys probably just got down to business would be my guess. But I don't know. But there's just like it's just fascinating. Um it's just fascinating to watch, and uh, yeah, it's it's everything you you hope it would be. Anyway, uh, Saturday night we watched a movie called Psycho Goreman. So I saw my buddy Ray was responding to a tweet where somebody said the best movie of twenty twenty was Psycho Goreman. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it was on AMC Plus, so we were easily able to pull it up, and the, the kids watched it. It's it's TV MA. But it's really not, you know, there's nothing that, you know, there's no, there's no sex scenes. 
There's not a ton of, I guess there's swearing. It's gory, but it's like the gore is these, you know, costumed sort of alien characters and puppet type things. Otherwise, it's, I, you know, I found it to be pretty harmless. And, uh, yeah, it just sort of, it just sort of reminds, you know, it's got kind of an 80s sort of feel to it and stuff. It's, you know, some, these kids find this jewel and, and this alien shows up and it, this jewel controls the alien so the little girl can make the alien guy do anything once. And, uh, yeah, it's just silly. It's just fun and silly in my, in my humble opinion. And, um, I'm trying to remember my, Cam said, oh, this is just like, it was a really good comparison to another movie. And I've now I've completely forgotten what it was being compared to, but I was like, oh yeah, you're totally right. It's just like that. And I, I have no recollection of what the movie was, but it was a very, it was a very good, it was an apt comparison. Uh, so yeah, so that's what's up. That's the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. What is this? Beatles doc. Oh yeah, Mal with the hammer interrupting Paul on the piano. That was another. There's this guy. He's like their. I say he's their road agent or something. This guy named Mal, and he looks like uh not Tim Heidecker but the other guy Eric, Eric Wareheim is that his name? There's that GIF of Eric Wareheim with like the black turtleneck. And the you know mind blowing like explosion thing that everybody's seen, I'm sure. And that's what this guy Mal looks like. He shows up for one of the songs with a hammer and just starts hitting the hammer with this dopey smile on his face. And then at one point, Paul is at the piano working through some stuff, and uh, I think he was doing "Let It Be," right? And this guy Mal comes over and just starts like chit chatting with him. And Paul's like, "Uh huh, uh huh." Let it be, let it be. Yeah, so anyway, Paul, uh, what do you think? We're going to get, like, cold cuts today for lunch? We're going to get pasta? What let it be. Let, what's, what? What are we going to do? Let me just stop. Let me just stop playing the piano, you know. We'll have a chat about all kinds of fun things you want to talk about. I just, I found that hilarious. You know, talk about Yoko and and Linda being a distraction, and then there's, like, actual people on their crew just like, Hey, buddy! I see you're playing the piano here. Well, anyway, listen, we got to talk about some other shit. Uh, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the record? You think it's gonna be good? Well, yeah. Can I get back to trying to make the record? So there's some funny stuff. Just interesting. I love this shit. I love, I love watching anybody. You know, that's why I like football documentaries or you know, the hard knocks and stuff is exciting to me because I even better than what the finished product is sometimes sometimes the sausage making process is better than the sausage itself bad example because nothing few things are better than sausage but uh yeah it's just great you don't have to be a beatles fan i don't even think you have to be a music fan which is a weird uh, there are people who are just like not into music which i i don't understand the the brain waves on that one but okay and uh you just, I mean, if it, if you're just interested in things that are interesting, that's what this this thing is. And I'm sure part two and part three are just as good, if not better, than part one. I have no doubt. And it's just, it's it's beautiful. 
It's great to watch. It's great to watch. Uh, caught up on some wrestling over the weekend. I don't even remember. I was watching. I had I had SmackDown on one screen and Raw on the other screen, and I absorbed none of either because I tried to be efficient and, and get through all of them as quickly as possible. The real the real talker from this week is the CM Punk MJF uh, verbal showdown that they had on Thanksgiving Eve. That was spectacular. Watching these two masters of the mic go back and forth in a in a verbal joust of sorts was uh was really entertaining it was really entertaining dave lagreca the host of busted open tweeted that it was the best television moment in the last 20 years which is a fucking giant load of horse shit it's a really good moment it's one of the it's one of the more memorable moments in wrestling of the last uh several years but it's not i mean calm yourself i watched it twice and it's it was the same on the second it didn't get better it didn't get worse it was exactly as i remember it was very 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 good it's, it was awesome and very entertaining it wasn't the top moment in tv of the last two decades but it was really really good uh anyway uh that's a that's about it so it was and I'm also, I'm as tired as I've felt in, I don't even know how long. Golly, yesterday I woke up, I, one of these nights, I don't know, it was Thursday night, one of these nights I got like three hours of sleep. I haven't had, I didn't take naps during the, the weekend because I didn't want to get off schedule and then stay up even later. Uh, but we, yeah, just, I just haven't. And then Sunday night was, uh, you know, the kids got to bed one of them was not so thrilled because they don't love school and they never have and they never will even though they're quite good at it and they are socially everything's you know on paper seems good but i get it it's like i like being around people sometimes not all not always but sometimes uh but i have no my dad asked me the other day hey are there plans are you guys going back to the office and i said well I'm personally not going back to any office ever again as long as I live, if I can help, as much as I can help doing that. Like, there's already people back in the office. I'm not one of them, and I'm not going to be. And, uh, yeah. So I get it, man. Like, just the, it's just the process of getting to school that's not always so fun and easy. Getting up, it's cold now, shower. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing, but uh, but it was actually the youngest who loves school and loves going to school, uh, who was up quite a bit during the night and came into our room quite a bit, and ended up just giving up. We gave up and just you know get into bed, and then I fell asleep, and then I woke up a short time later and looked over, and there was my youngest just lying there, staring at the ceiling, and then she waved to me. And I waved back and said, "Try to get some sleep." And then the and then the emergency broadcast system alarm went off on on an iPad or something, and that woke up everybody in the middle of the night. It was perfect timing, just lovely. And uh, and then the youngest went back into her bedroom and went back to sleep. But boy, oh boy, we lost a ton of sleep last night, <laughs> and I feel. I feel shitty, but I would imagine not as shitty as my wife, who who spent even more time uh, doing that stuff, 
tending to, you know, because at first uh, the wife appeared to be sleeping and the youngest came in and I waved her over and said, come here, come here, what's wrong, what's wrong? I'm not, I can't fall asleep. I'm like, yeah, because you, you've got, you've gone to the bathroom like three different times and you get water and you keep coming in here and like, you don't have a chance of falling asleep if you're on your feet walking around. So you just have to lie still, blah, blah, blah. And then 10 minutes later, she came back. And then this time my wife was up to go to the bathroom. And uh, it was just a, it was a whole fun, it was a whole fun night. Sometimes long after they, the baby crying all night stuff comes to an end, sometimes you still get these, uh, I wouldn't exactly call last night an all-nighter, but certainly not a, not a fun night of sleep. Not as, not as torturous as when they are babies and they're up screaming all hours uh, of the night well into the early morning it wasn't like that but it's still and in my advanced age uh the sleep is is far more important now well i guess it's more important when you're a kid and your your mind and all that your body is developing but i don't give a shit i need i need my sleep because i'm i'm a mess right now my back ache, like everything ache, all weekend it's like what's happening what is happening Oh my God, is this it? Like people say you get into your forties and then everything just fucking, and here I am. 40 was a tease because nothing, everything felt fine when I was 40. And, uh, in the first few months of 41 were a tease. And now here we are, uh, I'm six months into this 41 shit. And I spent the weekend, Saturday was my neck and my arms were just so sore and stiff and my heat, my left heel was hurting me like what the hell is happening with my left heel why is this and then yesterday and then sunday was like okay well my neck and my arms don't feel as bad but my lower back is killing me i'm hobbling around like a 97 year old and then the roof of my mouth hurt like did i cut it is it like what but it was such an intense pain beyond just like a cut because it was like like my whole jaw just felt I, i i couldn't talk it hurt so bad and then I went and got some oral something, <laughs> some oral pleasure. Uh, I went to Mouth Pleasures Dentistry, Oragel. That's it. Mouth Oragel for all mouth sores. Antiseptic rinse. And I, uh, yeah, I sloshed that around in my mouth for a minute, and uh, and that did the trick. That's all. That's all I needed. I had some cold. They said do cold things. I had some nice cold water. And I sloshed the origel around, and then boom, back in business. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a tough day. Sunday was not a restful day. Sunday was a fucking trash day. It started out great. First few hours were just pure bliss. Getting up, it's freezing cold out. Turn on the heat. Turn on the Christmas tree. I put in Metroid for the first time since camping. I played a bunch of Metroid, beat this really hard boss. I'm still early on in the game, the the Switch version of Metroid, but I I love it. It's a fun game, and I've never really gotten into Metroid. I didn't play Metroid on the NES. I played it a little bit on SNES, but just never, it never really did it for me. Didn't love it. Never played Metroid on any of the other consoles. I don't even know what Metroid games there are between. <laughs> between N64, GameCube, Wii, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't even know if there's... I know there's one or two, but... And then this one came out. It's like classic 2D Metroid. And 
I'm really, I'm really enjoying it, and it's really hard in some spots, but it's, it's so far I haven't gotten to anything that's impossible. So it's all good. Uh, but then I, I left the house uh, <laughs> to go. We kind of promised somebody that we would go to a thing. Uh, well, we didn't promise. We said, uh, actually, I specifically said, I'm not promising anything, but we'll try to show up. And, you know, the kids are just, like, doing their thing. I didn't make anybody. I didn't force anyone like I used to. I used to, once upon a time, I would say, get dressed, get your shit, we're going. It's like, no, these, even though they're my kids, like, they're people. And I'm just not, it's not like they, you know, that there's no rules in this house or anything. But I'm not, I'm not forcing them to, you're comfortable, you're happy, it's your last day of vacation, I'm not going to force you to go do stuff. You you don't have to. Is it disappointing? Yes. I wish you were coming with me so we could just go together and, you know, enjoy time together, but I'm not I don't hold it against you. It's not, you know, it's no big deal. And I just said, no big deal. You stay home, it's no big deal. So I went by myself. <laughs> and then I got to this thing and the person who had invited us to this thing had already gone to the thing and left and was on their way back home. <laughs> and I got there, gosh, it was a good 30 minutes to an hour before we had originally even scheduled to meet up at this place. And and then I got a text from this person that said, hey, I might go a little bit earlier because uh, they live near uh, where the the football team plays and said, okay, no problem. I'm on my way. You know, an hour later, I said, hey, I'm on my way. I didn't hear anything after that. I said, I'm on my way. And the response was, okay. And then I got there, <laughs> texted, said, hey, uh, have you have you been here yet? Oh, yeah, I just left uh, 20 minutes ago. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there's no point of me being here, so I'm going to leave right now. So it was a good it was a good 40 minute drive. <laughs> and then a 40 minute drive home and all the shopping shoppers traffic and all the people. I mean Sunday is just the Sunday after Saturday and Sunday after Thanksgiving. Oh. I still remember driving to Long Island 2 years ago and what should have been a 4 hour drive ended up being over 6 hours and we just made it. <laughs> Luckily I left and said, "Hey, Let's leave at 9 so we can get there and have uh, an hour or two to just relax, hang out with people, get dressed, get showered, get whatever we need to do, and, uh, you know, and take our time. And then, of course, we sat in traffic in Connecticut for two hours and, and got there just about 20 minutes before the wedding was starting and had to feverishly rush and get dressed and get the hell out there. It was great. Uh, but that's the Saturday after, that's what it's like. And the Sunday after Thanksgiving is not much different. They're both about the same level of of nightmarish, nightmarishness. Uh, and so, yeah, Sunday was, yeah, driving out to, driving out into whatever, somewhere, 45 minutes away and taking all the major highways to get there and yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then and then pretty much turning around <laughs> 10 minutes later and coming back home. <laughs> like, okay, well, that didn't go as planned for anybody, I guess. Uh, so, I, yeah, whatever. No big deal, though. Went and saw, you know, it was still a neat thing to go to. 
and uh, and and came home. Got home around two thirty, and then I said to myself, "Why do I feel like complete trash?" And it was then that I realized, "Oh, I have eaten nothing today. I have not had breakfast. I have not had lunch. I have not had a protein shot. Nothing. A banana. Nothing." And I've been up since whatever seven, eight. I slept in a little bit on Sunday, so it was yeah, it was eight, eight thirty, and so but by that time it's kind of like all right, the damage is done. And I had some lunch and I had a bunch of food, felt slightly better, but still felt like total shit because my mouth is bo- like everything was just. I felt like I'm, I'm like, am I dying? Am I dying right now? Is it all falling apart? Is this it? Is this just? Is this just a rapid aging thing that I'm going through at this very moment in time? Where, like, yesterday it was my feet and my arms and my neck. And now today, those things are very sore and stiff, but it's also, like, my back. I'm hobbling around. I, I mean, really, it looked like an old... If I had a cane, I really... I would have looked like my grandmother in her final years. And she was 90 when she died. Actually, my grandmother didn't hobble as much as I was yesterday. Even at 90. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it was, you know, just hobbling around looking like a question mark. My mouth's hurting. I didn't have any food. I'm getting a headache. It was just like one of those days. And then I, I said, ah, well, this day's, this day's a fucking bust. So I, around three, three thirty, I hopped into bed. I figured I'll watch the, watch the rest of these football games and, uh, and catch a little nap. And my mouth hurt so bad. I think I, I was in like a half sleep state for maybe 20 minutes at the most. And then I woke up and was just uh, so uncomfortable, just so fucking shitty. <laughs> so the last day of the Sunday where you just want, like that's the, of all the days to just sit home, not leave, not lift a finger, not do anything. And the day got off to that start. I was in a really good mood, feeling pretty good to start the day. And then, yeah, and then things took a, a drastic turn midday. And they didn't quite recover. But uh, later in the day, I did pick up and played some more Metroid. And and still still enjoying it. Really enjoying it. Uh, and what else? What else did I play? I played something. Oh, I played some Hitman 3. Which I'm quite enjoying. I haven't played the Hitman game since the first one in 2003. So this is kind of neat. Getting back into the Hitman. And I'm enjoying that. I downloaded Psychonauts 2. And... Uh, I think it's called Just the Two of Us is the other game. It's supposed to be really good. I know nothing about it, but it's on Game Pass. Haven't touched it yet, though. So, yeah, I had a little... Oh, and I played some Act Razor, classic Act Razor, which they re-released, and I don't like the graphics, and I don't like the audio, so at least you can put on... I just want the old Super Nintendo Act Razor, but uh, you can at least change the music to the classic... Because uh, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the new versions of the songs. So you can put it on the classic Act Razor music, and uh, gosh, I forgot just how involved that world building can be. It, it really takes takes a lot of time out of the day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and on Thanksgiving we got to FaceTime with the whole family. That was nice. Good to see everybody. They had a big a big to do down there and a bunch of family members and stuff from all over so it was good but man i'm i'm just so the, the quiet 
quiet, quiet, quiet type. And so just hanging out at home, the four of us, eating turkey and watching football and hanging out. That's that's my kind of Thanksgiving. So anyways, all right, got to go. I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. I've been talking for way too long about things that, uh, you know, whatever, who cares. But I've uh, been talking for a long time, you know. I've got to get back to the studio, put these records, records together. If we're not going to get to the studio, Paul, when do you think we'll make the records? What do you care, Ringo? You know, you're just doing the drums. You're just going, putting a bong a bong a bong. You just sit there and wait for the drums to happen, Ringo. All right, I can't fucking... <laughs> Cliffy, it's your Uncle Cliff McCartney. <laughs> what has become of this podcast? All right. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Isn't it so great? To, is there anything better than the Monday after Thanksgiving? Yes. The Monday after fucking Christmas and New Year's. The only thing worse than today is January 2nd. Oh, my God. Well, I guess this year, January 2nd is a Sunday. So we've got that going for us. So January 3rd will be the... Uh, oh, it's just the worst. Isn't it just the worst day? And the sad part is that's what I... Th- I get to this time of the year and I don't think about... Oh, the holidays. Ah, oh, Christmas. It's going to be so nice to see the family and spend the first time in two years. We'll have Christmas together with everybody. We didn't go anywhere last year, and now we're going to have the Christmas together and, uh, you know, a whole week together and, you know, all this fun stuff. I'm not thinking about I'm just thinking like, oh, God, we're getting, we're getting even closer and closer to January 3rd, the worst day of the year. <laughs> closer and closer by the second. Oh no, it's coming. January third is on its way. Yeah, it's fun. Fun living in this head. Well, anyways, gang, I do hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I, I hope I hope your Monday back is not as brutal as as you may have anticipated it being. I hope it's a I hope it's a nice way to dip your toe into the water. And uh, that's it. I hope you have a great week. Uh, we'll talk about football tomorrow because uh, I think I'm eight and six for for the Thanksgiving games and the Sunday games. Some some definitely some surprises, some upsets, and we got the uh, Washington game tonight against uh, whoever the hell they're playing. Seattle, I don't even know. So anyway, yeah, that's to come. To, I think it's Washington and Seattle. I picked Washington. I'm sure I'll be wrong. So I it's either I'm going to be what am I going to be eight and. I think I'm eight and six now, so I'll either be eight and seven or or nine and six. So, either way, slightly over five hundred. I guess I guess that's better than nothing, but not as good as last week. Anyway, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy your Monday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, talk to you next time. <laughs> Later, Gators. <laughs>